All right, we're back with the all-new show, Damage and Blue. There's a lot going on out here in these streets, so we're going to jump right into it. You know, we've had a lot of people here on the show. You know, we've had goats, we've had trans men and women, we've had rappers, wannabe rappers, used to be rappers. But anyway, there was one guest on this show that was extremely controversial, both in and outside the show, and that was actor Kaylin Walker. Uh, Damage Blue, you saw that interview uh, where we talked about all of the serial rape allegations that were out there about him. And now that he's found guilty, what do you think, looking back on the interview that we had? Mm. Well, personally, I knew he was. Yeah, I knew he was guilty. He um, unfortunately affected some people that I know personally. I think the dude's a piece of shit, and justice was served. It's just that simple. And he was very poor at lying. He there was something very creepy about him, and I almost feel like that interview that you did with him felt like a masterclass on toxicity, on gaslighting, on victim blaming. He did so many textbook things that a Disney villain would do that I'm just happy he's off the streets because I really walked away from watching that feeling like he was a menace. Well, if you don't know who Kalen Walker is, let me explain to you. He's an actor who's appeared in movies like 2018 Superfly, where he recently got convicted of serial rape and is facing 100 years to life in prison. Now, a jury found him guilty of eight out of 11 counts of sexual assault that date all the way back to 2013, all the way up to 2018. Now, let me say this, because when I first met Kalen, who uh, came on the scene, at least in my orbit, with Superfly, you know, there was something about him that was really weird. Uh, I remember, and even on the show where I talked to him about wanting to use Hollywood Unlocked to put out this alleged sex tape he thought he had with him and Halle Berry, which to me is just the most ridiculous thing. He actually called me and asked me how I could help him put it out. And I told him that wasn't something that we could do. So I always knew that there was something weird with him. And he was somebody I've never spent any time with. But I will tell you, part of my decision to interview him here at Hollywood Unlocked was I kind of felt like if somebody was interested and willing to go on record and be questioned and almost examined in a way when I interviewed him about these allegations, then it would be information that could be used against him in, in court because this isn't a show where you get to decide what you do and don't talk about or questions I can or cannot ask. And I asked him everything that I wanted to ask. When he was here on the show, I think you said something, Blue, that was really interesting. He used or tried to use the platform just to gaslight his uh, victims. And thankfully it worked because it gaslit them right here to Hollywood Unlocked and we were able to interview them by way of Kalani reaching out to me and putting me in touch with the, some of those women. So what I wanna do is show you just a small clip of when he was here on the show, take a look. So what's your response to Sydney? So my response is, I wanna make it very clear that there's random people that I've never met before making allegations, doing this in my DMs, death threats, everything. I think after this situation was triggered, everybody feels like they can say that I did something to them, whether I met them or not, and make false claims on my name. So that was another example of the random people that said things about me that I've never met. So you've, but, never, uh, so you've never met Sydney ever? Can't talk about that until my case is done. I cannot speak on it. The thing that, this, that, hurts, that hurts my heart, if innocence is shown, it just goes away. And the people that lie on the person has no responsibility. Everything just goes quiet. There needs to be accountability taken for when people lie on people and ruin people's lives. But do, it's you, but do you, I, I agree with you. But in those cases, in this case, or in these cases, these 15 cases, do you have evidence that you believe is going to exonerate you from all the charges? My innocence will be shown once trial is over. Well, clearly that wasn't true because he's been found guilty. Uh, what do you all think about that? Um, 
personally, I, I really have a, a disdain, a hate for this man. I, I hate looking at his face. I hate everything about his mannerisms. I don't like him like at all. I never believed he was telling the truth, period. But often in these cases, there's a lot of men, there's a lot of people in general that get accused of something so devious and they don't get a platform to speak. So even though I don't like him and I don't believe him, I think um, as a platform, you did your due diligence to give this person an opportunity to say their side of the story because a lot of times in these cases it is guilty until, until proven innocent in this case he was just actually guilty so there it is yeah i mean it's an age-old debate though right like journalistically speaking you're like in one sense you want to give someone the platform so you can interrogate them and ask all the questions that have been bothering the public so that they can clarify but on the other hand you don't want to empower somebody to spread nastiness or to send that like thinly veiled threats or to in some way use you to intimidate victims. Mm -hmm. So it's always been a debate when it comes to giving people platforms like this, especially with someone who is not just being accused of assault, but being accused of being a serial rapist. That's mm -hmm. really, really serious. I think the thing that makes this for me a lot more palatable is the fact that we also had the alleged victims come on to also tell their side of the story. So if anybody felt funny about him coming on, I would hope that they would look at the fact that we also had the other side and so that we had both sides represented rather than just jumping to conclusions. Well, what's important to understand is that Gail King interviewed R. Kelly, right? We do interviews. We talk to people. We don't get emotionally invested in who we can or cannot talk to. I do interviews for a living. That's what this is. I unlock Hollywood and it's bullshit. And I think we did a great job here by providing a platform to Kaylin to be able to look like a damn fool. I'm going to show you what he said about Halle Berry that I mentioned at the top of the show. Take a look. I remember we talked about your relationship with Halle Berry. And I remember you told me at the time, that you allegedly had a photo of her giving you head. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. So you hooked up with Halle Berry though, right? First of all, let me make something very clear. I did a movie with her called Kings on Netflix. This woman has been nothing but generous to me. She gave me my first movie opportunity. She shared things about the business, what to look out for. She has been nothing but a respectful, loving person to me. I'm aware of the things that were said in the blogs, but I'm aware that if anybody see anybody with anybody, they're gonna make things up. I'm talking, but I would, I'm talking about a direct conversation that you and I had. I'm not talking about I what the blog that, said. I don't recall that conversation. I don't recall that conversation. Well, he probably didn't recall raping all these women too, but clearly that was all a lie. You know, the crazy part about this whole situation with Kaylin is that Kaylin has repeatedly proven that he's just not a good person. And I think that what's happening by virtue of him being found guilty is an important part of the Me Too movement. Now, Damage, you brought up something interesting because there are cases like with what Johnny Depp is going through with Amber Heard where he's suing her for defamation of character because she said things about him that, that he believes were not true and that were unfounded, and now he's saying that she damaged his character. And a lot of people do get away with making allegations against men that aren't necessarily true. This wasn't the case, but I, you know that is the case in some instances. And so... Uh, I want to show a video of Sydney, who was here on Hollywood Unlocked uh, Uncensored and had a conversation about her relationship uh, and her interaction with uh, Kaylin. Take a look. Sydney, you've been very vocal on Instagram. Uh, You're one of the few videos that I saw come out against KR. Tell me how you met him and what your relationship with him was. Uh, so we met. So basically, I was introduced to him as a photographer through other models who had worked with him, and they were telling me you should go work with him. And at the time, I didn't understand that these were girls that he kind of were was coaching, I guess, and like 
helping him get other girls to go to. So I reached out to him under the preface of like shooting and music and that was it. And, and we, you guys met on Instagram or? Yes, through like, Instagram. So okay. I DM'd him and then he responded. And that same day that the transaction happened, I went over to his house thinking that I was gonna be taking digitals and talking about modeling and things of that sort. I was young, like I just turned 19, like just turned 19. So you get to his house and then what happens? Um, I get there, we walk into, I walk in and we're sitting like in this gym area and he kind of like starts pitching to me the idea of prostitution without really using the words of prostitution. So like telling what, what me, telling me basically like if I put X amount of money in and then I have sex with him and he records a video of me having sex with him that he will send it to like all of these celebrities and then we'll make money and I'm just like sitting there knowing something's wrong and going wrong in my head like I'm just like okay yeah sure like let me get out of this very uncomfortable situation that I found myself in so he's like let me just give you a ride back to your car I'm like okay cool like let me go back to my car for some reason when we get down to his car I can't remember I want to say there was stuff in the front seat but for some reason I got in the back seat and so I got in the back seat and from there I sat on plastic covers on the seat and I knew exactly what was, hap what was happening from that point mm -hmm. and I couldn't call for help I was in a parking garage so I didn't have service and I was locked in a car and from there I just kind of froze and then there was a moment that I asked him to stop and I told him I didn't want him to continue and I needed him to stop and he told me he was almost done and to wait till he was done. When you say continue meaning at this point he was raping me inside you. Tierra, who was sitting there, was also, and I'm not going to call her a victim, I'm going to call her a survivor, somebody who got really emotional during the interview recounting her interactions with Kaylin. Take a look. How he was with me, and like even I have a friend that was 17 that he like raped back then, and it was a situation. And the girls that I heard later tell me the story is kind of the story that you said of him saying he's going to record videos and or send me pictures and stuff, and I'll send it to Drake or whatever. And okay, so Tierra, you met him. You all were working together. Was it working together in music or working together? No, in photos. Photos. So is it the same story as Sydney that he lured you in, or you sought him yes. out to take photos? No, I didn't saw him out. He tweeted me because um, I already was a model. He messaged me on, no, tweeted me on Twitter. I was like, yeah, he was like, let's shoot. I was like, let's go, let's shoot. DM'd him, he said he worked with my friend. So for me, like she said, that's a, okay, you're you felt cool. like you could trust him. You're safe, I can work with you. He was like, okay, I'll come pick you up. I didn't drive, so I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And then right where he's like, yeah, I'm gonna give you $4,000 if I have sex with you, so it could be real, and I'm like, why do you have to have sex with me to make it real? You could just lie, like, niggas lie all the time. Then while he's trying to say, I'm like, mm, nah, I was like, I'm gonna need, I, I don't like that. Like, I, I'll admit, I've done sex work. I'm a stripper, but I've never had sex. I strip, I dance. That's a whole nother ball game. Um, and I was like, mm, nah, I'm not, I'm not cool with that. Like, I also, really... also think it's important enough for people watching that you can be a sex worker and still get raped. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. very much, if, if a person does not say, and this is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, if a person does not give you consent, whether you're in a relationship, whether it's a stranger, whatever, they don't say yes, if they're not, or in the act, they're saying no. You need to stop. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean keep going. And I said, no, I was crying. Like, mm -hmm. I'm about to cry now. Like, I was crying while it was happening. Mm -hmm. And I said, stop. And he did the same thing. Like, I'm going to keep going without a condom at that. And I felt very uncomfortable even after 
Like, I made him immediately take me home. I kept texting him, like, yo, I'm not cool with this. Like, I feel um, like it doesn't hit you till after. Like, yo, I was raped. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to first say to Sydney and Sierra, you guys were very um, strong. You, you, you exemplified strength in being able to come on and share your stories. And I know that women, I saw the comments afterwards, were really empowered by you taking this issue on. What, what's, your re what's your reaction, your thoughts, Damage of Blue, to what you just watched? For me, this was a little bit rough because I don't know if this has come up, but I actually know Tiara personally. I've known her for about 10 years. Um, we have a lot of mutual friends in D.C. She's eating at my house. Um, and she is a, a queer woman, right? Um, she doesn't even, to, to my knowledge, even sleep with men like that. And she has such a light. Back then we used to call her Barbie. And to see her now after the assault, I don't think people really sit with how much it haunts you after a sexual assault. That girl is like, has a big personality. She's always smiling. She's always joking around. She's the life of the party. And to see what's happened since Kalen has done what he's done, like even though he's in jail, I don't think people realize that when you are raped, when you're sexually assaulted, it eats a piece of your soul. Like a part of you changes forever. And so the damage that he has done, not just to these two young ladies, but to all his other victims who haven't come forward, it, it is immeasurable and that I hope that he rots in jail. That's That was my first feeling. Seeing her like that is not the girl that I know. I, I think another perspective to look at it, you know, as a parent myself, I feel for his family because it's no way in the world, you know, I can't speak on somebody's upbringing. I don't know anything about his background, but it would be so troubling for me if this was my son, if this was my brother, if this was my cousin, this situation is so nasty and there's so many victims. There's more victims outside of the actual act. There's people around you that knew you. Like, it's just, it's, it's a, I'm sorry, I'm losing my words because I'm just so disgusted by what I just seen. Um, I just, I just really feel for those people that you interviewed. This situation is just terrible, but at the end of the day, justice was served. And I'm glad that those victims' voices were heard. And hopefully, you know, more people that are doing things like this to young ladies will be sentenced and put away for jail for a long time as well. Well, listen, before I say what I have to say, I want to give a shout out to Kalani, the singer Kalani. She actually was somebody who spearheaded behind the scenes very publicly her thoughts on Kaylin um, and what, uh, you know, she felt from the very beginning that that he was guilty. You know, she had privately shared with me that she was frustrated that we had interviewed Kaylin because she felt like it was giving this clown a platform. But again, I have my reasoning for what I do and she doesn't run Hollywood Unlocked, I do. So I do want to give her her props for bringing this uh, to light. It's also important to note that Kalani allegedly dated this guy at one point. And so there was a lot of gray area between their relationship and the back and forth on social media because he was obsessed with her and she was obsessed with putting him in jail. And rightfully so, if this is what he was doing, she did a great job advocating for these women. And I think one of the women, from what I understand, was somebody that was close to her and that, uh, you know, uh, while he was in this relationship, allegedly, or on his way out of it, he was also, he took advantage of this young girl. Uh, and I'll say allegedly for the sake of not knowing who, whether he was found guilty. This were not because there's so many people. But Kalani took to her Instagram this week and had a lot to say about the verdict once the verdict was handed down. And I want to react to it. Take a look. Who victim blamed when this came out. I did not forget who tore down victims of sexual assault when this came out. I did not forget what bloggers and what blogs and what platforms felt like they had to play neutral and give a rapist a platform for the sake of clicks and views when this came out.
I hope all of y'all beat the fuck out of your own ass today. I hope you eat your fucking words. This man is going to jail for the rest of his life. Guilty as hell. And it's crazy that it took this. It took this for y'all to believe it. Because it should have been believed when all the shit came out. But I hope, I hope you feel like shit. I hope you feel like shit. And God bless these girls. And thank God that they're getting some form of peace that they have not been able to get through this entire fucking process. That's all I have to say. I don't want to be screaming at my phone. Uh, you know, um, I want to respond to what she said directly uh, to you, Kalani. And I can't speak for every blogger, a blogger, whatever. I can just speak for me being a culture critic, not a blogger who owns a platform who actually interviewed him. Because I don't know all the interviews that he did do. Um, you know, it's people like you that want the public to arrive at an opinion before the courts do. It's people like you that gaslight and exacerbate an underlying racial problem in this country where white people rush to judgment and convict us in the streets and on social media before they do in court. It's people like you that don't understand that you can be an advocate for women without wanting the public to rush to judgment and want a black man hung in public before he has his due process. Unfortunately, the way that I'm set up as a black man and as a gay black man who goes through discrimination two different ways, I don't have the privilege of getting on Instagram and saying somebody should die and be burned at the cross before they have their day in court. You know, part of what we do as storytellers is give clowns a platform like we did in giving you a platform to say what you said about us, right? Uh, and we give those clowns a platform to say what they need to say that you could then turn around and use against them. But to go and blame us for not publicly dragging him to hell before he had his day in court, let me be very, very clear. That is the problem in our world today where people in their whole lives are judged and destroyed before they have their day in court. And when sometimes they get to court and they're found not guilty, because let's be very clear, there are men and women who make false allegations about people when it comes to sexual assault. That clearly was not the case here, but we do know that that is an actual fact. There's a man that just got released from prison the other day who served, I think, 40 years in prison or something crazy for a crime that he did not uh, commit. And so uh, Emmett Till, do we have to keep going back and back and back to history of where black men have been killed or have been jailed for things that were not true? And so while I understand she's closer to this situation, whether it's because she knew the girls or she was dating the guy, you can't put us all on the side of aligning with a rapist because we chose not to prosecute him before he had his day in court. But just like we're putting a bow on this story by talking about it and showing your point of view, you know, maybe you should just go back to singing or be a full-time advocate for women, but be very clear, if you criticize those of us that have a job to do in terms of storytelling, don't think that I'm going to sit back and just say, okay, cool, Kalani's upset. Now, Damage, I know you have a different opinion. So uh, go ahead. Uh, it's not necessarily a different opinion. I think everybody up here does not support anything about Kalen Walker at all, period. And me personally, I despise him. I would never want to sit down and talk to him. So I understand an emotional response because I want to slap the shit out of him. So I get her emotional response to this. Um, it's not fair to say people are trying to play neutral. At the end of the day, I despise this man, but I can't break a rule that can help somebody else just because I hate him so much. And that rule is everyone should have the opportunity 
to have their point of view and speak their side of the story. And like Blue said, it's good to get both sides because you do not want to empower um, a serial rapist. But at the same time, as much as I hate this man, and I do, what you've done on this platform was needed. And honestly, I think it actually, in some cases, helped those young ladies um, get justice that was served. Yeah, I believe in believe but, but verify. So you can believe that he's guilty, but still want to verify and make sure that you dot your I's and cross your T's. When you don't do due diligence, you're actually helping the abuser. Perfect example. And I understand why Kelani's feeling like this. Like to your point, Damage, um, you know, she's my birthday twin. We're protective. So she's very mm -hmm. protective of these young ladies. And I know when I'm protecting somebody, I will scorch the earth anybody who was messing with them. So she's having an emotional reaction while we're all having a logical reaction. So I completely understand why there's a disparity here. But a perfect example is, you know, Chris Brown. Chris Brown has been in the public fodder for a very long time, had all these allegations. But that last young lady who accused him, if we had all said, well, we know Chris Brown be doing stuff, so let's just throw him under the bus, we would have looked stupid and had egg in our face and been journalistically irresponsible when it came out that she was extorting him. So even when we think somebody is a dastardly individual, we still have to verify and we still have to go through due, due diligence. So I get where she's coming from emotionally, but logically she got this one wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely. And she's gotten it wrong a few times when it comes to her relationship with the blogs. And let me say something. It's a lot of y'all singers that ain't even reached number one on the Hot 100 list. Y'all need to focus on the things that are important to your career instead of how we do our job as journalists or bloggers or media companies or whatever. I, I understand the frustration and, and what I loved about Kalani's leadership, I'll even say, in this instance is that she put us on the phone with the accusers. She made sure that there was a connection. She also shared her private thoughts on, uh, you know, uh, on, um, on uh, Halle Berry, allegedly, uh, bailing him out of jail when he was arrested the first time. She never talked about that publicly, and I never saw her uh, slam Halle Berry. Kalani, you told me from your mouth to my ears that that you thought Halle Berry, or that the rumor was that Halle had uh, that Halle had uh, bailed him out of jail. Why didn't you slam her? It's easy to slam the blogs, the bloggers, all of us that are looked at as problematic. But why don't you slam Halle Berry? Because you know what would happen? She would turn around, or something would <laughs> something would happen online with the fans. They come after you. You know, but you're not going to spill tea or drop tea or think that you got something on us who are doing our job and you're not going to spill it all. Now, I never said nothing about what you said about Halle Berry, but here it is. I'm putting it out there now because now it's all on the table. You know what I mean? Slam Halle Berry. Halle, call Kalani and see what she think about you allegedly bailing this now convicted rapist and from his words, your friend out of jail. OK, cool. Well, listen, um, Sydney responded to the verdict and this is what she had to say. So I honestly wasn't even sure if there would ever be a day that I get to share this news with you guys. But the person who raped me and so many, so many other people was found guilty today of rape and is facing a lot of time in prison. I'm so, I'm so immensely grateful for everybody and everything that everybody has Ah, I'm trying to do this without crying, Lord. Uh, I'm so grateful for everybody who testified on the behalf of all of his victims because I know that not every single voice got the chance to be heard. I'm so grateful of the people who spoke up about the injustice that was happening and, you know, made our voices heard, specifically made my voice heard. I'm appreciative to Kehlani, to India, you guys.
Yeah. So listen, uh, Sydney, I hope that you get, you know, whatever support that you deserve to work through this. You're a strong woman. I commend you and every other woman and every other man who steps up and holds their uh, their uh, attackers accountable. And to Kaylin, I have to say, I never believed you. I never believed you for a second when you sat on this show. I never believed you on your social media. There was never a moment where I saw anything you said and believed that it was true. I also want to say to your fans or your company team, people who support you, who tried to chase me down on Clubhouse, attacking me for supporting the victims and allowing them a platform to say their part because you know, I was getting attacked over on Clubhouse from his people saying that I was allowing these people to destroy another black man and they were literally harassing me. And like I told him, shut up, stupid. I'm not court. But the court has spoken and your man's is going down and rightfully so. There was always something weird about this guy. And, you know, I live in a space and sit in a seat where I see a lot of stories told every day that Sometimes I'm like, yo, that don't even seem right. Yo, this don't even seem right. Because sometimes people do lie. But I never for one moment thought that anybody in this situation, including Kalani, were lying about Kalen. So it's great to see justice served. Now he's uh, reportedly looking at up to 100 years in prison. Um, castration should be a part of that sentence. All right. Well, look, let's move on to another court situation. Chris Jenner, the head of the Kardashian clan, has called Black China, quote, stupid and ghetto. Uh, alleged, allegedly, this is happening because Black China has uh, filed this $100 million lawsuit and the trial is going down, baby downtown, between the Kardashians and Black China. Now, when I talked to Black China the other day, she said that she had the best outfits for court. And I want to see what she's actually wearing. <laughs> I want to see what she's actually wearing because she said she was ready to go in. Uh, and as I mentioned on my other show, Gagging with Jason Lee, that Black China did say she was going to come here and sit down with me whenever this trial is over. Well, anyway, baby, L.A. is on fire because they are in court and shocking text messages have come out. Uh, China is, is also accusing the family of assault and battery, domestic violence, revenge porn and interference with contracts. Now, China says that the family got her e-reality show Robin China canceled. And remember, Kanye also said something interesting about the family and how they meddle in people's business when they're not happy with them. Take a look. I've seen you with Kim privately, and I know that there was a time where you all loved each other. So I'm hoping, regardless of where it's ended up, that they can see, Kim and them can see how important it is for you to be able to participate in the lives of the people you created. I mean, these are your children. Yeah, and participate without no noise. Because they can, they can go on SNL and make jokes they can make jokes in the media. They could plant stories about whoever I'm dating, whatever they want to do. They can block deals. They could do all that type of stuff. But I'm gonna tell you straight up: don't play, don't play with my kids. Don't play with my kids. Whoever y'all work for, whoever y'all think the family is working for, I'm telling you right now: don't play with my children. And it's going to be all legal. Now, China's lawyers are claiming that they have text messages proving that Kris Jenner told Robin China's showrunner to, quote, take her off the show. China's team is also claiming to have other alleged texts from Chris to E-executives. And it allegedly shows the 66-year-old grandma calling China stupid and, quote, really ghetto. And telling E to, quote, ditch the bitch. <laughs> oh, what? Believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. And I, Chris is the executive producer too. She's the creator of the Kardashian clan. You know, she built this billion dollar empire left to right, you know, ditch the bitch, get her ghetto ass off my show. I can see it. Although I've never heard her talk like that. I mean, with a couple martinis, it probably slipped out. What do you think? 
the ghetto bothers me. I'm gonna be honest. When 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 white women, particularly rich white women with lots of biracial kids, are using words like ghetto, it it it, it don't she sit does right. Have, she right? does not have biracial kids. She has sorry she does not have biracial kids. kids. See, you you, I mean, you thought you thought you thought the swirling was one generation up. The swirling I was thinking up. about Corey. Sorry, I'm. I'm you're right. I was thinking about Corey and them. Um, no, I just I believe China. I, I, we're talking about what we believe. If, I, if I'm keeping it a buck, everybody who works in this town, everybody who works in this industry knows that Hollywood is based in, on relationships. You live and die by that same sort of relationship. The same way someone can make a phone call and put you on, they can make a phone call and take you off. I have been there with very powerful people when they've said so-and-so pissed me off and so-and-so called about offering them a job and I killed it. So we know for a fact this happens every day and we know that you know the devil takes days off and uh, Chris Jenner doesn't, right? So I 100% believe that what she said happened, happened as far as her messing with her back. And also, if you are stopping me from getting paid, you're also stopping me from having money to take care of your grandkids. So I just think it's kind of nasty to mess with somebody's money when they're the mother of one of your grandchildren. This whole thing, I hope that China wins. I'm praying for her to win. Well, you know, we all know that the Kardashians have a reputation of being super petty and Chris will do anything to protect her family. She actually told me that from her mouth. Uh, well, there's more. China's attorneys are also saying that they have emails from Chloe, who allegedly told two Keeping Up with Kardashian producers that she would quit the show if E gave China a second season. So oh this is all coming in where China, you know, they tried to throw this case out a couple years ago and the judge said, nah, nah, son, we going to court. And so China may have a real opportunity to grab $100 million. Can you imagine... <laughs> Could you imagine the revenge? You first of all, she got a baby by Rob after Tyga left her for Kylie. And now you come back and get a hundred million dollars and the only heir to the Kardashian name. I mean, it's it's insane. But uh China's also now been accused by Rob of putting a gun to his head and strangling him with an iPhone charger cord. And oh. you know, if I look at Tokyo Tony and think that the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, I would say there's some truth in the applesauce. Well, I'll say this. She's a little unconventional, but she's very methodic. I think if anybody can make this happen, it's Black China. Um, so stupid? Not at all. You want to call her a little ghetto? Well, what's ghetto? You know what I'm saying? What, what's the definition of ghetto? Because there's a lot of things the Kardashians do that could be considered a little ghetto, right? But All their baby daddies? The Kardashians are ghetto as hell. If well, that's sorry. what you consider ghetto, because I don't want to say baby dad is just a ghetto thing. No, you know? the, the stereotype, they're the stereotype. If the Kardashians were black, we would call them ghetto. Let me give you Let's an example. Clear. Let me give you an example of something that's ghetto. China said in response to putting the gun to Rob's head and strangling him with the phone charger that, quote, she was just joking. Oh, that's a little ghetto. Okay. You mean we joke like that sometimes. That's hood. That's, that's just a little hood. If you ain't put a gun to somebody you love head, maybe it's not real love in her eyes. I don't know. I don't know if it's ghetto as much as it's psychotic. But look, either way, you know, China clearly said she never meant to hurt Rob. It was just playing around. You know, it's foreplay. But, you know, either way, you know, she's over there in court. She has the entire Kardashians over there. You know, I'm I'm living for it all. Now, Tokyo Tony should be a court reporter. Could you imagine? Oh, Tokyo I love her. It? being a court reporter for Hollywood Unlocked because her explanation of what they look like, what they're wearing and how they're behaving. I ain't gonna lie. I got a cackle or two last night. So Tokyo Tony, if you have no job or you need, you know, extra money to buy some weed or whatever, 
you can come and work at Hollywood Unlocked. Tokyo Tony is my favorite part of this whole thing. I live for her recaps. She is clowning the hell out of them. And here's the thing. The person who has nothing to lose is the most dangerous person in the room. She has dragged them for filth in a way that is so masterful that they're now saying that Chris Jenner is scared of her and tried to get her kicked out of the courtroom because they're intimidated by her. You say intimidated by the truth. No, you missed the full T. Tokyo Tony got kicked out of the the court before we get into whether or not she was kicked out of the courtroom she had a very specific artistic way of expressing her experience with the kardashians in court take a look kim had this big ass suit Charlie, she looked they look homeless no i'm not playing and it made me so mad we all gonna try to downplay your fucking self chris had on a fucking crusty ass tan suit with one button. None of them bitches had shirts under their belt. It was horrible. Chris, oh, decrepit shorty looked like. Y'all see that little, okay, I'm doing that. Okay, yes, I am. Y'all see that motherfucking thing that, that be on the tricycle saw? The little man on the tricycle be cheeky like this on the, on the movie saw? She looked. It looked like they dead and you, they paste the shit. And sparkled it, spackled it as a spackler, spackled it out, dips and curt like, and dents and shit. Yeah, okay. I was like, let me show you what Kylie did. It's Kylie. I don't need to lie about a motherfucker thing, home. That's the last thing I'm a motherfucker do. Bitch. I don't love every bit of shit I'm saying. Kylie was doing me like this. She was looking straight like this. Bitch, get your peripheral vision off me. I can see your whole shorty. You staring at me looking straight, but you looking dead at me the whole time like this. I don't care what no. nobody say. No, no. I don't care. I don't care what nobody say. I would go watch Tokyo Tony do stand up before I would watch Dave Chappelle. She's iconic. <laughs> she compared Chris Jenner to, to Jigsaw. Jigsaw from Saw is a very strong visual. I think we all know what Chris Jenner was looking like. And honestly, the court reporter, you know how they have those people who do sketches? If you go on Twitter, it's very clear the person who's drawing the sketches is Team China, because in the sketch, China looks gorgeous like a model, and the Kardashians all look like three witches. So it's clear that there's some favoritism already no, leaning towards her in that gonna courtroom. It's going to come out that the court reporter was black from Compton, and she's going to be like, yeah, bitch, mm -hmm. ghetto that. Well, look, look, it, it doesn't stop there. After the, they said that the judge kicked Tokyo Tony out for what she said about the Kardashians, she, of course, took the social media to give us an update. Take a look. Why is this? This put me out of court. I'm going to get you a judge. But let me tell you about yesterday. They got dogged the fuck out. And they mad today. They so mad. They said that they were scared of me. With all those police around, all everything's going on, you're scared of little old Tokyo. That's because they losing. Everybody knows they're sluts and buckets. They sex each other and shit like that. And that's why I'm exposed all Rob's secrets. I sure am. Totally. Yeah, they about to get dog walked. Let me tell you something. Like yesterday, they look horrific. They look sick. Chloe looks sick and she's scared. What are you scared of? I've been told y'all these bitches been watching me. All these celebrity bitches watching me, bitch. All of them. All of them. I told you, Chloe, subscribe to my network. I told you that. So let me go dig up the receipts. She subscribed. 
She that pressed to see what I'm doing on my show. Don't worry. Y'all who knew won't make you something. <laughs> okay, Tokyo Tony, you have an invitation here to Hollywood Unlocked. When China comes, can you please come with her? Uh, because I don't know what to say. Um, what do you guys think? Should Tokyo Tony, the mother of the plaintiff, be kicked out of court? Absolutely not. And honestly, she has a point because Kim Kardashian recently appeared on a podcast where she admitted that she shares a finsta with Lala where she reads everything about her. So Tokyo Tony is actually factually accurate. Kim Kardashian is most definitely, it's not just Chloe. they're most definitely watching all her content. Kim's already admitted it. You're going to have to. She in the room and yeah. she giving that that raw from the streets perspective right there. I'm not, I'm still caught on, get your peripheral view off me. How do you tell somebody <laughs> to get their peripheral view? That's some gangster shit. She's a national treasure. Well, Black China's in court beating the Kardashians down, and Kylie's peripheral is bothering Tokyo Tony. I don't know. I ain't never heard nobody say your peripheral is bothering. That's a new one. God bless them all. All right. Well, um, in in uh, in promising daddy news, future wants a wife and more kids he says that women are just toxic just like he is now the atlanta rapper recently sat down with gq and had a whole conversation saying that he wants a wife and more kids but in this uh situation in addition to the eight kids that he already has with his eight baby mamas is that he wants to have at least three by the woman that will be his wife the baby mamas for future include his ex-fiance sierra who is happily married with a man who loves her and beautiful children bow wow's baby mama joey chavis uh, Eliza, Eliza Serafin, who's been demanding a child support case increase since 2019. Now, in a recent interview uh, with Kanye's ex, Julia Fox, she asked him if he wanted more kids. And this is how it all went down. Listen. Hi, Future. Do you want more kids? Um, yes. By my wife. If I, if I ever get married, you know what I'm saying? I want to have kids by my wife, of course. It could be like three because i never had more than one kid by a girl so it's like if i had two by her then it's like more than i had so i feel like it was more special well i don't know why julia fox's question sounded sultry didn't that sound a little sexual to y'all isn't that how she talks to black men in general (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) that was my impression every time there's a black man around hello mr president i just that was her thing well, uh, I don't believe that Future needs any more children, but who am I to spay and neuter the man? I mean, I, I want him to be happy. I want his baby moms to be happy. And I do believe, though, you should be able to have as many kids as you can afford and whose lives you're president. You know, because it's one thing to be able to afford them, but these aren't toys. These are actually human beings that are going to grow up. And I don't know how Future is as a dad outside of what we hear on social media. And we know that, you know, in relationships, whenever you're co-parenting, sometimes you piss somebody off or they say whatever they want to say about you. It's just hard to believe it when it's said multiple times. I don't know that he should have any more children until there's some structure. But if he was to get married and actually not be the player that he is now and commit to one woman, of course they should be able to create a family for themselves mm-hmm. because I don't think any woman is going to get with a man and just decide not to have kids because he comes with eight. Jesus. Yeah, I like what you said, structure. You know, he didn't say he just want more kids willy-nilly. Like, I think he's ran that race. He said, once I get my woman, yeah, I think it'll be more special to have, you know, a few children within this structure of something he probably hasn't had yet since he was um, engaged to Sierra. So good for future, man. You know, we can all evolve. It takes us some time sometimes, but looks like future's getting there. 
And who are uh, we? And wait, wait, wait. And who are we at Hollywood Unlocked to decide what his future looks like? Exactly. It's his future. And his future wife should decide if he has any children in the future. Well, in the present, I would like him to get a therapist. Because future needs some help. Here we go. Here we go. Mental health shaming going right into mental health month. It's not shaming. I'm an advocate. I'm advocating for him to get a therapist. I'm an advocate. So that future has mental health issues. We don't. I have Wi Fi. (laughs) Like, it's all it takes to know the bad. You can be a bad baby daddy or an absentee father, but not have mental health issues. You, if you are if you're bad eight times, you need to sit with somebody and unpack why you keep repeating this mistake. Like, think about it. He has so many kids that he has to have two with one person just to make it special because everybody else has kind of gotten some of his Johnny Appleseed. I think Future, I've never heard him ever take accountability for anything. If, if it's happened, please send me the clip. And so I'm just concerned that a man can it's have this many music. kids. Accountability or, or what is the accountability? All of music it. His whole journey is in the music, and oh, the album's no, coming soon. It's in the music. Saying your journey and being accountable are not the same thing. Can we be very clear? He didn't shoot. He didn't go on a drive-by shooting eight times without the club letting out. So we can't say that he's the only person that ha- bears responsibility in all these circumstances, right? You know, I know a lot of, too. I know a lot of women in this city <laughs> who can't wait for a Laker to get up in that thing and drop one in them so they can go and hang out at the SLS pool. I'm not saying that's all women. I'm not saying that's all these baby mamas, but we we can't act like we're not in a city where we don't know that that is an actual program. Now, eight times, I don't know future. I'm trying over here, but ain't no future in my friend. So I'm going to just say you got a mental health problem. And it's not about just the kids too, by the way. I remember when future and Sierra were in love or supposed to be in love. And one of the things that he did that actually is something that you need to talk to somebody about was he love bombed her. He literally did an interview where he said, I took one look at her and knew she was going to be my wife and said that like, I took a look at you and knew you were going to be my wife. He love bombed her for years and then treated her like she was a whore off the street. That's actually not okay. And it's actually a form of emotional abuse. So no, Future has done toxic things. It's not just about where he sires his seed. It's about how he treats these women in these relationships. It's not okay. It's not. Well, what acknowledging is not accountability. What future did to Sierra taught Sierra her worth, and she went and fell into the arms of a man who now treats her what she's worth. So she had to go through that Mm -hmm. to get where she's at. You know, it's real important that we understand these journeys that we go on, although they are not always uh, feeling good, they're necessary. And I I look at future and uh, and Russell as a couple that. You know, me and Lala joked on the phone one time where we said, like, if that relationship, I I said, if that relationship don't work, I have lost faith in all relationships because I really think Russell is a real solid guy. But we also never know what goes on beyond the veils of celebrity. Right. We don't know what's happening now. Also, in the same interview, Future was called the best rapper alive by GQ. And I have to say, GQ, I'm trying to get in y'all's world because I want to go to the best dressed or. I want to go to the event, the men of the year events and hot 100, whatever. But I'm going to need y'all to stop talking about rap because y'all focus on fashion. I think calling Future the best rapper alive was so disrespectful to Jay-Z, to Nas, to Kanye West. It's not to take a Drake. It's not to take away from him because he is one of the best, but the greatest rapper alive. <laughs> now, damage, you're, damage, you're the music guy. What do you think? 
Just trolling, man. Trolling. I don't even think Future considers himself the greatest rapper alive. Future has transcended to an no, for real. He transcended to an artist. I don't think he even looks at himself as, oh, I'm just rapping lyrics. He does melodies. He's a songwriter. He's a producer. He's so many things. So, you know, you know how these magazines try to get some clickbait. You know, greatest rapper alive. Not with J Cole dropping when he's dropping. Like, come on. Ooh. Well, I've met I've met Future several times. I ain't gonna lie, I actually like Future. Um, you know, I don't know his relationship with these women. And he said that they called him toxic, but he said that they were also toxic to him. So God bless toxicity and just keep on spreading the love or the semen. All right. Well, look, speaking of love, DJ Envy, our my friend, our friend, DJ Envy is now out with his wife Gia Casey talking about uh their marriage, and they've talked about the toxicity that they had. Um, and then Gia, his wife, talked about faking orgasms for the first 10 years of their relationship. During an interview with The Shade Room, DJ Envy of The Breakfast Club and his wife Gia Casey opened up about, quote, their toxic marriage, including faking orgasms for 10 years. And Gia said that she knows Envy lives to make her happy, so she tries to reward him back with an orgasm, even if it's fake. Listen. So yesterday we did an interview with the Shade Room, and the Shade Room, of course, only uh, posted a part of the interview, and this is the part that <laughs> they said, posted. of course, I'm sure so many women can relate. Like, you want to reward that man for that work, and the only reward that you have to offer is an orgasm. But yeah. even if I didn't feel it, I would still be performative. Mm. So yes, I was faking it. We got into like a, a argument, and then she was like, well, you know, I don't be having an orgasm. And I was like, what? And she was like, I don't. I'm like, no, yes, you do. I hear it. Like, yeah, ah, ah, ah. and then she was like, no, I'm faking it. I'm like, every time? And she was like, yeah. And then that just crushed me because I thought I was putting in work. Like, I, I'm sitting there thinking I'm, you know, Big Daddy Long Leg. Big Daddy Long Leg. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was Mandingo. Even if you are Big Daddy Long Leg, that don't mean that you're doing it right. Okay. All right. So let's open. Let's, right. let's, let's open up the phone line. You ain't working that middle just because you Big Daddy Long Leg. You gotta know what you're doing down there. Okay, first of all, um, Charlamagne, we don't want to hear you giving men um, suggestions on how to work that thing. I, I don't know. It, it's it's the constant emasculation of men for me. Gia, I love you. I think you're beautiful. I've met you. And, of course, I love Envy. I love them together. And I love that they've been able to go through things and withstand the test of their relationship. You know, he was very honest on Good Morning America 3 when he was talking about their relationship. I watched that segment, and he talked about, you know, being – the one who caused a lot of uh, challenges, uh, you know, with, I think, infidelity. But uh, I have a problem with women publicly discussing things that emasculate their husband. And in, the, in this way, in, in some ways, I feel like this does by saying that your man, you know, wasn't able to, you know, make you orgasm or you were actually faking it. Or maybe, you know, she wasn't able to have an orgasm. I don't know if there's medical conditions that women just aren't able to have orgasms but you know in the hip-hop world no man wants to be heard by his woman in public that he wasn't able to make her orgasm for 10 years i think that's problematic <laughs> i i think it's i think it's healthy man i think it's good to see a married couple on a platform being transparent they've been going on 27 years so that's in the past to so talk about what happened in the first 10 years can help a lot of new couples because you need that open communication. Now, what I didn't like is she said it during an argument. I think that could have been said outside of an argument to not be weaponized. Now, that could be that's a whole nother conversation. But the first 10 years of their marriage, they've been together, what, 27 years. That's incredible to have a couple together in this industry that long 
and to sit here and tell a story about their journey. I am kind of uh, inspired by it. I wouldn't call it emasculation, but that's her truth. He sat there next to her saying, yeah, this happened. He had to own up to it. Like, I wasn't pleasing my woman. Look, and part of being a man is you're going to provide and you got to please your lady too. There's two sides to that. You know what I'm saying? So now if it was happening in the current time, maybe I feel you, Jason, but this is something they're reviewing and looking back on. And I think it's dope to have a couple that have been together that long sharing their experiences in a, in a positive way. Well, she also had his consent too, right? So when you're sharing something publicly, unlike Jada, for instance, who sometimes <laughs> does things and poor Will is finding out with the rest of us when he hits refresh, Elise Envy and her had a conversation where there was consent involved. I will say this too, and a lot of men, this is a blow to their egos. Penetrative sex is the least efficient way to have an orgasm. Most women, like literally nine out of 10 women, find it the hardest to have an orgasm from being penetration. You actually get it from clitoral stimulation because the clit is the only part of the body that is meant to give you an orgasm. So unless you're giving your girl head or fingering her or doing something else, your penis is actually not built to give orgasm. So it's actually a lot more common than people want to admit. And I think a lot of men don't realize how bad they are taking feedback. I've had situations where I didn't have an orgasm and I was very honest with my partner and I told them what I wanted and it turned into an argument because he was just mad that he couldn't figure it out on his own. So I think it's really healthy that they're showing that men can receive feedback, women can feel empowered to give it. I do think it's toxic where she did it, but I'm happy that they use it as an opportunity to have 17 years of good sex after the first 10 of questionable sex. So shout out to them for being transparent. Listen, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to about hear about the clit being the only place or the tip or the tat. I don't want to hear all that. God bless them all. And I just feel like, again, with or without permission, there's just some things that I don't know I would leave off. I mean, look at what he, well, look at what she did to DJ Envy. Can I just break down what I heard? Because I'm a detail oriented person. He said he was, he didn't know there was something wrong with, wrong with the long stroke or if the daddy with the long leg, he kept referencing how big it was. You know, because he felt emasculated. He felt emasculated, no matter how you want to look at it, with or without permission. Basically, when somebody hears, and maybe this isn't true, but when somebody hears that you couldn't make your wife orgasm, it's because you had a little penis. I'm not saying he does. He's Dominican, I think, or whatever. So we know that that, I mean, I don't know. My experience is that's not true. Uh, But, you know, I don't know. And I like Envy. I look at Envy like he's like an older brother or maybe younger brother. I don't know. But either way, I don't want to hear about my I don't want to hear about my brother's penis and orgasms and all this. This made me extremely uncomfortable. Charlemagne, you ain't gay enough to have that conversation with him. It takes a me to have that conversation. Cause I would have asked him a couple more. I would have had some follow-up questions like, you know, we need to exhibit A, B's, D. <laughs> either way, shout out to Gia, shout out to uh Envy uh for being able to be so open. Well, they were they were plugging their book real life real love talking about the 27 year experience and journey to getting to a place where they could talk about orgasming or the lack thereof you should check it out all right well look that's the show uh keep coming back because it works like the na meetings that your mom and daddy go to but we out oh. here. peace all right look that was a great show and make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy uh-huh that's right that means like subscribe do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on. And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back. And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, that's all I do when it's over. Peace.